0: Happy New Year, church. Who's ready to declare that this is my year? You promise? You sure about that? At the start of each year, many people feel expectant. They feel excited for what may happen in this new chapter. And when asked about the new year, we throw around words like motivation, opportunity, possibility, achievements, potential, improvement, growth. You know, all the buzzwords we just heard in the bumper video. A new year comes around and we see it as this blank page ready for you to write your story, to make some changes and do what you can to make it better than the year before. We approach the new year like this magical thing. Because the number on the calendar has changed, so we must change. New year, new me. Amen? We're expected to enter a new year with new goals, to challenge ourselves, to aim higher. Some of you are on board with this, I'm sure. You've got your resolutions, you've set your goals, and you are ready to make this year different than the ones before this year, is the year that you will stick to your resolutions for longer than a week or two. This will be your year. While others might be hearing everyone talk about their resolutions and maybe they're thinking, yeah right, you said that last year. Maybe you're thinking it's just another year, so what? Or you're thinking, what's the point of making resolutions if at the end of the year you feel guilty for not managing to stick to them? So if I don't make resolutions, then I won't fail at not doing them. Each of us approach the new year differently. So you're either a resolutions type of person or you're not. But I think that deep down, whether you want to admit this verbally or not, all of us have some sense of expectation as we enter a new year. There is this hope that this year will be better. And the truth is that a new year does bring with it new possibilities that then fuel the potential for a better future for ourselves. And that's why there's this buzz around making resolutions. We like to think of what is possible for us this year and we want to put something down To work towards. So we're one week into 2024 and I'm sure that all of you have at some point during this week been asked, what are your New Year's resolutions? Or you've seen posts about resolutions and goals or you've maybe sat down to write out some resolutions and goals of your own. You've either experienced one, two or all three of these this week. Now the concept isn't terrible. Making New Year's resolutions, having goals, it's not a bad thing, it's good. But people can take this too far. This obsession of making some extreme changes so that on December 31st you can look back and see how far you've come, that you can see that you've become a whole new person, you have changed your life, you've turned it around, all in the span of one year. And sometimes these resolutions that we set for ourselves, although well-intentioned, can sometimes be unrealistic and unsustainable. And that's why eventually, whether it's a week or two in or maybe a month or two, halfway through the year, the resolutions fall by the wayside. They never see the finish line. And then on the other side of things, there's those that get so irritated with this whole resolution concept that they don't bother setting any resolutions or goals. They just keep doing what they've already been doing. It's working, right? So why change a thing that's not broken? And if something happens that causes me to change throughout the year and I'm better for it at the end of the year, great. If I'm still the same at the end of the year, great. Makes no difference to me. It's the two different views on things. The problem here is that if we set unrealistic and unsustainable resolutions or goals, we're going to get discouraged, we're going to be disappointed, and we're going to end up giving up and not growing. And if we don't set goals or resolutions, then we're not going to grow at all. Neither of these is where we want to be. And not experiencing growth isn't where God wants us to be either. And I believe that this year has the potential to be your year, to be my year, that we can experience growth and that we can become better versions of ourselves and experience improvement in various areas of our lives in 2024. You want to know how I know this? Let's read in Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. Then he, Jesus, told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up soil? Sir, so, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. A fruit tree that does not produce fruit is unhealthy. And it is essentially a waste. It is not doing what it is meant to do and it is better off being cut down than wasting the space in the soil. Now maybe you feel like a fruitless fruit tree. You feel like you haven't grown, that you haven't seen improvement. Nothing seems to be changing. If anything, maybe it feels like things have gotten worse. Your life isn't producing the fruit that it is meant to. It's been a year, or two, or three, or more, and you feel stagnant and unfruitful. You feel disappointed, despondent, defeated, and uncertain as to whether things can change and get better. Here's the good news, if that's how you're feeling. There is hope. There is a chance for improvement. See, the gardener in this parable, the man who took care of the vineyard, is an image of Jesus. He pleads for us before God. He gives us a second chance so that we are not cut down. He offers to work on us so that we can become fruitful. So in your unfruitful state, in whatever area of your life that may be, Jesus is saying, give me a year. Let me work the soil. Let me fertilize this tree. Let me help it get to where it needs to be so that it can bear fruit. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not want to be a tree that does not produce fruit, a tree that disappoints the one who planted me when he comes looking for fruit. A tree that does not grow, a tree that does not produce what it is meant to produce and therefore gets cut down. So Jesus is saying, let me tend to you. Let me work on you this year and bring life to those dying areas. Let me remove the weeds and the parasites that are hindering you from growing. Let me prune you so that you can grow properly Let me dig the soil and fertilize it so that you get what you need in order to grow. And by the end of the year, you will be strong and healthy and producing fruit. That sounds good to me. That sounds like a good resolution to me. I'll accept that help. What about you? But, and here's what we tend to forget when we want to experience growth and improvement tilling the soil and fertilizing it is not always a pleasant process. We need to realize that if the year ahead is going to be one of growth, one that we're going to bear fruit in, it's going to require effort and it's going to require that we face challenges. It means that we may be uncomfortable at times. I know that's not what we want to hear We want to get to the part where we're producing fruit. We want to skip the process of discomfort, of challenges, of overcoming things, of being pruned. You know, that means cutting things off. We don't like that. We want to stay in our comfortable state while having the benefits of being healthy and producing what is necessary. But Jesus is saying, I'm going to have to do some work on you. I'm going to have to dig that soil around you I'm going to have to turn some things up, pull some things out. I'm going to have to place you in situations in which you may be uncomfortable, but it's for your benefit. See, the uncomfortable times lead to transformation. Our lives will begin to bear fruit that will show that we are healthy believers and the transformation we will experience from drawing near to the Lord, leaning on Him, will overflow into every other aspect of our lives. And that will only lead to positive change. So you want to improve this year? You want to get better, to grow, to be your best self? To say that this is my year, it starts with a decision to draw near to Him, to follow God's way, and to allow Jesus to work the soil of our hearts so that we can bear fruit. This year can be your year to walk more closely with Him, to deepen your dependency on Him, to increase your knowledge and understanding of Him. This can be your year but it's dependent on a simple on simple choices that you will make which answer the following question what are your priorities everything you do every decision you make every change you make is a choice in which you are telling the world what you prioritize you came to church this morning which means you prioritized the gathering of God's people over the comfort of your bed. You prioritized God. Whatever you are doing at home says if you're prioritizing your family over your work or the other way around. Every choice you make, what you're putting into your body, is a choice of what you are prioritizing. Comfort and feel-good things over what is best for me. Every choice you make answers this question, what you prioritize. Because what you prioritize is where your focus is. And it tells us what you are willing to put effort into. Because sometimes it requires effort, right? To have the right priorities. So you see, the problem with our goals and resolutions is that our priorities tend to be skewed. So we need to ask ourselves, what is the focus of my goal or resolution? Or maybe the better question is, who is the focus of my goal and resolution? See, because oftentimes, the answer to that question is self-centered. I want to get in shape so that I look good. I want to get more money so that I can get whatever I want. I want to get that promotion so that I have that position or title. I want to have the picture-perfect life. Me. It's all about me. So we need to ask ourselves, who is the focus of my goal or resolution? See, because there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting all these things. It's okay to want to be in better shape, to be in better financial positions, to have a certain position at work, and whatever else it is that you have on your goals and resolution list. But the question has to be, why? Why is this on my list? Why is this important to me? Why do I want to achieve this? And if your why is about image, status, power, ego, anything that elevates yourself, maybe it's time to reevaluate. If God is not our priority, if living in his will is not our priority, if living a life that honors him is not our priority, if our focus is not on doing everything wholeheartedly as unto him as scripture tells us to do, then we have taken the wrong turn. Our choice for self-improvement should not be for self. It should be for God. I want to be better and do better so he gets my best because God deserves my best. I want to do better and be better because I want to be who God created me to be. I want to be better and do better so that I treat and love people the way that God has loved me and told me to love others. I want to do better and be better for him. It's not about what I can get out of it. It's not about the likes on a post or the followers or the attention, about having the perfect image and impressive status. It's about what I can give to God. Do you see the difference? Oftentimes our resolutions are about what I can get. But it should be about what I can give, what I can give to God, giving him a life of worship and honor, a life that bears the fruit that he is looking for. This year, I want to challenge us to focus on what God wants for us rather than what we want for ourselves. Let's focus on being better and doing better for his glory, not our own. So, if that's the goal, how then are we supposed to experience growth and transformation this year? And I'm talking about real growth and lasting change. The answer lies in a simple readjust, readjustment of our resolutions and goals. What we set for ourselves this year may have to look different than what we have been doing in previous years. Instead of asking ourselves, Where do I want to grow and do better this year? we should ask God, Where do you want me to grow and do better this year? What areas of my life do you say I need to change? What things do I need to let go of? Where do I need to improve? See, God knows our weak spots. He knows exactly what our shortcomings are. But He also knows our potential and our purpose. And because he knows that, he can identify the areas in which we are slacking, in which we are falling short of our purpose, where we are wasting our potential, and he can call our attention to those things and show us what needs to change. And there's a simple exercise that we can do and a single goal that we can set for ourselves. So I'm I'm lightening the load for you. You don't have to make a long list of goals and resolutions this year I want to challenge you to make one goal and this one goal this one resolution can change everything it can infiltrate every aspect of your life so we're going to talk about that one resolution that one goal that you can set to transform your life to grow closer to God now I'm going to read a short passage of Scripture in which from this I will give you your goal. But pay attention to the words I'm about to read. I'm reading from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, in other words, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Did you catch that? The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the fruit that our lives should be producing. So when God looks at you, will he find the fruits of the Spirit in your life? When he comes to you, will he find love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness and self control hanging on your branches. You want to experience transformation, growth, freedom from an addiction or a bad habit? Do you want to be better at the end of the year than you are right now? Then start working on the fruit that your life is producing. When we start to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, I guarantee you that every area of your life will be better for it. You want to improve your finances. Allow the fruit of self-control to help you in your spending habits. That's a challenge. Allow the fruit of faithfulness to help, help you faithfully steward your finances. You want to have a better marriage or relationship with your family and loved ones. Allow the fruit of love, of kindness, of goodness, of patience, of gentleness, of peace, and of faithfulness to help you treat others the way that you should in order to foster healthy relationships. Do you want to live a healthier life? Once again, the fruit of self-control will help you there it will help you to prioritize and make healthier choices. See, the answer to a better year, to a better you, is in developing and growing the fruits of the Spirit. Each one adds something that we need in order to live God-honoring lives. The fruit of love will enable you to live out the love that God has given to you and instructed you to show. The fruit of joy will allow you to experience and acknowledge God's goodness and therefore experience true happiness. The fruit of peace will help you find calm in the chaos. It enables us to trust God in all circumstances, good or bad. The fruit of patience, and just be aware this is the fruit that you'll be given the most opportunity to practice, even without asking for it. But this fruit will produce an ability to control your emotions and take charge of how you react to situations, especially those which are unpleasant and unfavorable. The fruit of kindness means that we treat others with respect. It helps us to encourage unity with one another, and it also produces joy, peace, and shows love. The fruit of goodness encourages a moral life and the obedience of God's words. The way we live, the way we speak, the way we behave and treat others will be influenced by God's moral standings rather than our own or the world's. The fruit of faithfulness will develop in you a character of trustworthiness, loyalty, consistency, and dependability. The fruit of gentleness helps us to be humble and compassionate. And the fruit of self-control helps us to resist temptation and helps us to avoid conforming to the world. It has a strong influence on our decision-making and it ties in, goes hand in hand with every other fruit of the Spirit. These are all beneficial to us. I don't see a downside to Being a person who has love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As the scripture said, against these, there is no law. In other words, there's nothing wrong or bad or negative about it. It only produces good. So whatever area of your life you want to improve or grow in, the fruit of the Spirit will be instrumental in your success. When you prioritize your spiritual growth in developing spiritual disciplines, they overflow and influence every area of your life. When you start to grow closer to God, he steps in and he starts to make some changes. He brings change where it is necessary. He starts to work the soil to fertilize it. And although it may be uncomfortable at first, we begin to understand that it is for our benefit when we start to see growth, when we start to see that fruit develop and grow. What was once barren or lifeless is suddenly full of life and fulfilled purpose. So here's your challenge this morning. The goal that I am challenging you to set for 2024 You can set aside all other goals if you want to, all other resolutions and just focus on this and this will overflow. All those other things will fall into place. Here's your challenge. Pick one fruit of the spirit to focus on this year. Just pick one. I'm not asking you to develop all nine this year. Pick one. Maybe as I was talking about them, you noticed one in particular that stood out to you, that you recognized as something that you are lacking or need to work on. Maybe you're not quite sure which one to pick. Then I want to challenge you to be vulnerable and reach out to somebody. Ask one or two people, not just anybody, people who are close to you, who know you, who do life with you, who see you on your good days and your bad days, who know you well enough whom you trust, and you can ask them which one they think you need to work on this year. Choose one of the nine fruits of the Spirit and focus on that one this year. Last night I came across something that I want to to just go over right now in maybe helping you figure out which fruit is your fruit for the year. And it kind of breaks down each one, asking some questions for us to ask ourselves if I have that fruit in my life? So here's just a little added bonus, little checklist for you as you start thinking about which fruit you're gonna pick for the year. Here we go, love. Am I motivated to do what Christ has done for me or am I giving to receive something in return? Joy. Am I experiencing a joy of life on a regular basis Or is my happiness dependent on things going smoothly in my day? Peace. Do I find myself stressed or worried about life? Or am I experiencing the peace that passes all comprehension? Patience. Am I easily set off when people irritate me or things are going wrong? Or am I able to keep a godly perspective in the face of life's irritations? Kindness, is it my goal to serve others with kindness or am I too focused on my own issues to let the goodness of God overflow to others? Goodness, does my life reflect the holiness of God? Do I want to see others experience God at a deep level in their lives? Faithfulness, are there areas of hypocrisy and indifference towards Towards others, or is my life characterized by faith in Christ and faithfulness to those around me? Gentleness. Do I come across harsh or headstrong? Or am I allowing the grace of God to flow through me to others? And self-control. Is my fleshly desire controlling me? Or am I allowing the Spirit to direct me to things that please God and serve others? These are some things we can ponder on and question and see which one needs more attention. We need to work on all of them, let's be honest. None of us are perfect in any of these areas. But there's one in particular that we should focus on this year. And you have to choose one for yourself which one you will benefit most this year working on that one area. So choose one. Focus on it this year. Allow God to work in your life and in your heart as you focus on that one. Let Him do His transformative work in you as you develop that fruit in your life this year. Become dependent on Him like never before. See, the only way that you will develop the fruit is through complete dependency on Jesus, it's not through being a good person and going through the Christian motions. It's through complete dependency on Jesus. So if you are being held by addiction right now and you need self-control, Jesus says it's possible. If your relationships are being damaged because you're impatient or there's anger in your heart, Jesus says love and patience is possible. If worry, anxiety, depression are weighing you down, Jesus says peace and joy are possible for you whatever it is that you feel bound by this year, whatever it is that is weighing on your heart this year, whatever area of your life you feel like is an unfruitful tree, Jesus is saying, give me the year to work on you in this area. Give me a year. So choose one of the nine. Be open to how the Lord will grow you in that area. And be intentional in your growth. It doesn't help that you say, okay, cool, I'm going to work on love. And then you just live your life as usual. You don't make any changes. The goal is to do things, to make changes that show love in your life. As with any goal, to achieve it, there has to be action steps. So find ways to cultivate that fruit in your life, to nourish yourself with what is needed to grow. Maybe that means spending more time reading your Bible. And there's many ways to do this. You can follow a reading app. Maybe challenge yourself to read the Bible, start to finish this year. Maybe you decide to use the Pause app again and go through the 30 days to Resilient to help you develop those daily habits of drawing away from your busy schedule and spending time connecting with God. Or you can use an app like Lectio 365, which helps us to focus spending time in prayer and reflecting on scripture on a daily basis. Maybe it means surrounding yourself with people who will support and encourage your growth, who, whom you can discuss scripture with, with whom you can pray together. Maybe it means getting into Regular church attendance so that you are present with the body, worshiping, praying, going through scripture together. Maybe it means serving in the church, getting into a small group, just building those connections in which we hold one another accountable. Ask the Lord for guidance as you set set out on this journey in 2024 to grow in that fruit of the Spirit that you have chosen. And as you interact with people, As you spend time in the word, as you pray, as you listen, be attentive to how you can grow and change and develop that fruit in your life. And the great thing about this challenge is that now you have a resolution and goal for the next nine years. (laughs) I've set you up. Each year you can now focus on a different fruit and each year you'll be better for it. So we can talk in 10 years and I want to see your branches loaded with love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, joy. So choose your one for 2024 and write it down somewhere where you will see it every day. Maybe you can put it as a a wallpaper on your phone because I know we're checking these things more than once a day. So that's a good reminder. You open your phone, you see, there's the fruit that I'm working on this year. Stick it on your mirror, put it somewhere so that you see it on a daily basis and you remind yourself, that's what I'm working towards. Tell the people closest to you, say, listen, this is the fruit that I'm working on this year so that we can hold each other accountable, so that we can check in with one another, so that we can remind one another It's not just something we write down and say, okay, cool, I've set my goal, and then you stick it in a drawer, and you forget about it until the end of the year. Oh, yeah, I meant to do that. Let this year be different. And let's allow Jesus to work in our lives, to transform us, to grow us, so that we will bear good fruit. And as I close this morning, I want to read something that I came across this week that was quite interesting. It's about the positive impact that scripture has on our lives. And I want to read this because I wanted to reinforce the importance of spending time in the word, not just during a church service, but at a home in your own time. To make it a daily discipline, to feed your spirit with the scriptures because it is crucial, not just for our knowledge of the word, but for true and, and long-lasting change. And this ties in with the fruit that you choose to focus on because as you read scripture, you will be encouraged, you will be challenged, and you will be reminded of ways in which to apply that fruit, to live it out. To live out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what I'm going to read is an excerpt that is referencing a study that was done to see how people were engaging with the scripture, in other words, how often they were engaging, and the impact that that had. So some people were engaging once a week, twice a week, three times a week. And what the study found was that once, two, three times a week didn't make a massive difference. But once people were engaging with the scripture four times a week or more, that's where things spiked and change happened. So you want to be better this year, Read your Bible, and here's why. This research showed that those who engaged the Bible four or more times a week experienced far less destructive behavior. They experienced 62% less drunkenness, 59% less pornography use, 59% less sexual sin, 45% less gambling. These results were not from guilt manipulation but were rather the mark of personal transformation. Did you hear that? It wasn't out of guilt that change happened. Scripture didn't guilt them into stopping certain things. Change happened because of personal transformation brought on by Scripture. The positive message of Scripture allowed individuals to reduce bitterness by 40%, destructive thoughts by 32%, isolation by 32%, inability to forgive by 31%, and loneliness by 30%. Bible engagement improves your self-esteem, family structure, and social interactions. It is the single most powerful predictor of spiritual growth. So if you want to know the Bible better, you'll be better for it. That is drastic change that was seen just from spending time in scripture four or more times a week. It's really not asking that much of us. We make excuses. We don't have time. That's nonsense. We have the time. We're just not prioritizing it. Remember, your choices, your actions show what you prioritize. Scrolling on social media shows you prioritize that. When you could spend that time reading scripture. Playing games shows you prioritize that when you could prioritize scripture. Watching TV shows you prioritize that when you could be spending time in scripture. I'm not asking you to flip your life upside down. But just take five-ten minutes away from the phone, away from the TV, away from the screens, and get into the word and allow it to change you because spending time in God's word on a regular basis increases your spiritual growth. It causes personal transformation. It encourages life-giving choices and it improves our mental and emotional well-being. It transforms us from the inside out. So do you want to be better this year? To do better? Here's your starting point. Spend time in scripture and allow that to feel your growth as you focus on your chosen fruit and allow Jesus to work the soil and to fertilize it. Amen. May we reach December 31 of this year and find that our lives are loaded with fruit so that we can look back and say with gratitude, this was my year. This is my year. Amen take this challenge don't just hear it here this morning and go home and do nothing about it i urge you go home read over those nine ask god where do you want me to grow this year and choose your fruit for the year and live each day in a way that takes you closer to producing that amen amen let's stand let's close in prayer So Father, we declare this morning that this is my year. In the areas where our lives have been unfruitful, Lord, we are asking you to step in. We are giving you this year to dig the soil, to fertilize it, to work on our hearts and in our lives, to prune us, to remove the things that are holding us back, the things that are stifling our growth. Father, I pray that we will be obedient to your word, obedient to the leading of your spirit so that we can be men and women who produce the fruit that you are looking for. I pray, Lord, that at the end of the year when you come to us and you look at our branches, you will find the fruit that you are looking for, fruit that is pleasing to you, fruit that honors you, fruit that is evidence of a life, a relationship with you. A life that honors you, that worships you, that glorifies you, that lives in your will. So Father, I pray that you will speak to us as each of us go home and and go over that list of fruit of the Spirit. We know we need to work on all of them. But Father, I pray that you will identify one for us to focus on this year. One that we are desperate for. One that our lives truly need. One that will influence our lives in incredible ways this year. And Father, I pray that we'll see how you are working in our lives, how working on that one fruit influences every other area of our lives, that our relationships will be better, that our work lives and study lives will be better, that our finances will be better, that the choices we make will be better. That everything we do, Lord, will improve and that we will see that growth and transformation, not maybe in the way that we expect it, in the way that we think it should happen, but in the way that you want it, Lord. That we will see that things are happening and things are growing, change is taking place and we are becoming better for it. We are becoming better, men and women, for your glory. That our lives will reflect you, reflect your love, So, Father, I pray that every choice we make will show that you are our priority. Father, I pray that any selfishness that may be present in our hearts, I pray, Lord, that you'll work in that area and that you will uproot that weed that will hold us back. And I pray, Lord, that even in the discomfort that growth requires, I pray that we will not give up that if things get too difficult, that if things get too uncomfortable, too challenging, that we will just stand firm and push through and know that on the other side of that discomfort is growth and transformation. I pray, Lord, that this will be the year that we will not give up on the goal that we have set, but that you will give us the strength and the determination to keep going, to keep growing, and to honor you with every choice and every action. We surrender before you, Lord. May your will be done in our lives this year. May 2024 reflect your goodness, your faithfulness, and be a year of God as our priority. May we reach the end of the year, Lord, and see how you have worked, how you have moved, so that we can lift up our hands in gratitude and worship you and praise you and thank you for all you have done in our lives. We thank you, Lord. We give you all honor and praise, and we are expectant for you to move. May your fruit be of abundance in our lives. We pray this in your mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen, amen. May this be your year, amen. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Amen.